We have a reading this morning from Amos chapter 6. Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the notable men of the first of the nations to whom the house of Israel comes. Pass over to Kalna and see, and from there go to Hamath the Great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than your territory? O you who put far away the day of disaster and bring near the seat of violence? Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David, invent for themselves instruments of music, who drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now be the first of those who go into exile, and the revelry of those who stretch themselves out shall pass away. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We continue with a reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now there is great gain in godliness and contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, 
Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. So reading. So reading. From Luke chapter 16. Jesus said, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abram's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abram afar off, Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my house, my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abram said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Jesus said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Great grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from his Holy Spirit. The spirit of grace and truth who invites us into community with both our Father 
and with one another. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? Amen. I know it's early. You know, it, it, the, all three of these texts this morning make God sound like the ultimate killjoy, don't they? I mean, they, they make it sound like no matter what we do, no matter how we're doing it, no matter what we're saying, God is not pleased with us. So woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Exactly, God, what is the problem with being at ease in Zion or anywhere else? Jesus was known to recline at table from time to time. Jesus was known to take it easy from time to time. Jesus was known to go away from time to time to be quiet and to pray with you and to be at ease. What exactly is the problem with being at ease? And if you understand uh, correctly, then being at ease cannot possibly be the problem. Those who feel secure in the mountain of Samaria, God, what is wrong with feeling secure? It's a good thing when we feel secure, when we're confident that the world is going to be okay, that our family's going to be fine, that we have what we need in order to support our body and life. What's wrong with security, God? Well, security, then, can't possibly be the problem. What's wrong, oh God, at the end of the day, to those who lie on beds of ivory, stretch themselves out on their couches? You gave me the couch. You gave me the ivory. And if you didn't want me stretching myself out, then why'd you give it to me? So stretching myself out on an ivory bed or a couch, that cannot be the problem. Who eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall sing idle songs? God, you don't even like singing? The sound of the harp, like David, invent themselves instruments of music. Drink wine and bowls. It, it seems to me, like I remember a narrative, Jesus goes to Cana, and they run out of wine at this wedding. So even Jesus enjoys a celebration. Even Jesus likes a party. And they ran out of wine, and so Jesus did what? He made more. Father, what is the problem with us having fine wine, with us having lambs from the flock and calves and singing songs and, and, and making merry God. What's wrong with anointing ourselves with fine oils? These things cannot be the problem. Here's the issue. We have the party, we have the wine, we have the oils. We are reclining on the beds of ivory, but we are not grieved. We know the world's broken, but we are not grieved. 
We know that there are hungry people in the earth, but we are not grieved. We know that there's a child in the Ukraine this morning who woke up to the sound of bombs being dropped all around them, and we are not grieved. There's a child in Africa or in Haiti who woke up and had no food, and we are not grieved. There's, there's, there are folks who are swimming through what used to be their living room in Puerto Rico, and we are not grieved. So the problem is not the bed. The problem is not the wine. The problem is not the song. It's the, problem, the problem is that in the midst of all that, we who have so much are not grieved at the plight of those who have so little. There's a rich man clothed in purple. That can't be the problem. <laughs> That's not the problem. It's clothed in fine linen. Jesus had a tunic, right, that, that, that was seamless. So you can't, there can't, God cannot have a problem with us having fine things. Wearing our Yves Saint Laurent and <laughs> whatever other designer fits the day. Feasting sumptuously every day. God provides us with everything we need. But in contrast, there's this, there's this man at the gate. He's poor and ill and and sir, if you would just let me have a crumb from what falls off your table. Here's the goodness of God. That a crumb from our Father. Just one drop from our Father. Just a mustard seed sized bit from our Father is sufficient for our need. So this morning, Lord, let some crumb fall. Glory to God. This morning, Lord, let some drop fall. This morning, Lord, let some small piece fall off your table and land on this poor beggar who has nothing except the hope that you will abide. God, let some drop now. <laughs> Glory to God. Fall on me. Fall on our Redeemer. Fall on those who are listening online. Fall on those who are in the sanctuary. Father, let some drop fall on me. Here's the, here's the issue. It, it, God will give us a drop, and he continues to give us more, and he continues to bless us, and he continues to prosper us. And we put our trust in the things with which he prospers that is the I word, right? That, that's the first commandment rebuke. You know this word. What is this word? It's idolatry. It's putting something 
between you and the drop that God provides. Oh, God, that's all right. You can save your drop today because I have sufficient food in my freezer. I don't need to pray to you for that food today, God, because I, I, I prepared it all myself. I did it all myself. It's me. I'm the idol. Father, I don't need to give you thanks for that house I just purchased or for that car I just purchased or any of that other stuff because I worked hard for it. I earned the money for it and it belongs to me. I was, I was a young man. I, I bought this uh, 19, uh, it must have been 68, 69, something like it, uh, Trans Am. I mean, great car, great car. Even then, I was smart enough to understand that this needs to be God's squad car. <laughs> that, I, that I knew I could attract young folks, and young folks would, would come to Bible study just so that they could get a ride to and from home in this, in this transact, right? And, and so it, it's using what we have. God, God wasn't mad, angry with me for buying that, that car. God wasn't put off with me buying that. He gave me the resources to buy that car. He would have been put off if I used that car for something other than his purposes. God's not angry with us because we have riches. He gave them to us after all. God's not angry with us because we have wonderful resources and wonderful houses and homes. God's not angry with us that there's two and a half million dollars worth of hardware sitting on the parking lot right now. Anybody? God's not angry with us that, that, that our corporate net worth sitting in this room and, and online is probably upwards of, I don't even know the figure, what, 15, 20 million dollars. He gave it all to us. He does get a bit miffed, though, when we don't use it for primarily for his glory when we don't manage it in such a way that it glorifies him. And, and what Paul does in, in 1 Timothy then is give us a paradigm, is set out for us uh, how we can have, uh, how we can be contented and have great gain, but with godliness. We're fleeing the love of money. We're not fleeing money. God knows we need money, right? Try going to the store with your faith. <laughs> right? We're loading it up. And, yeah. and, and they say, well, the bill's $97. And you say, well, I got faith. No, God knows that we need money. I mean, he, he's, not, he's not surprised at that. But it is to love money more than we love him. This is the issue. So, it, uh, Paul says, then you, as you're fleeing uh, that idolatry, that love of money, that craving for things, that covetousness, as you're fleeing that, pursue righteousness. Come on, somebody, chase after righteousness. You ever thought about this thing? Running down righteousness? Come on. I'm running down godliness. 
I'm running down faith and love and steadfastness and gentleness. There we are, young man. I'm running it down. I'm running it down. Trying to catch it. And, and what God says in the 23rd Psalm is, Surely, goodness and shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I'm chasing and running down godliness and righteousness and faith and love and steadfastness, and the whole time goodness and mercy are chasing me. <laughs> Father, we bless your name. Fight the good fight. This is war. This is war. Fight the good fight of faith. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church and what God is doing. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Made a good confession. Father, as for the rich in this present age, he's talking to us. We are the richest nation that has ever existed on the face of the earth. It's for the rich in this present age. Don't be haughty. Don't be proud. I'm going to mess a little bit now. Don't be a nationalist. Because we have a kingdom. And it's not of this world. Don't set your hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. The God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, because he understood that we're drawn to idolatry and we're drawn to adultery and we're drawn to covetousness and we cannot free ourselves. And, and so he sends his son, Jesus, to suffer, bleed, and die to save us from the wages of sin and hell and death. He, he sent his son, Jesus, to rise again on the third day and to impart into us his Holy Spirit that gives us power to be more than conquerors, to pursue this goodness. He gives us power to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up treasure for ourselves. <laughs> Father, we bless your name. Storing up treasure for ourselves. Where? In heaven. While he gives us all that we need on earth with gracious abundance and blesses us then to use it for the advance of his kingdom. Father, put it in our hearts and minds to keep the main thing the main thing and to never be drawn away by all those shiny little things that the enemy puts in front of us. We concentrate on you, God. And we ded our, dedicate ourselves to you, Father, to the glory of your holy name, to the salvation of many in the earth. We command it so for our Redeemer Lutheran Church, everyone under the sound of my voice, in the matchless name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.